Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast, this is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back. This is our number two of Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Josh Applebaum. We want to hear from you guys on social media, so make sure to tweet at the show, at VEASAN Live, at Josh underscore insights, at Femi Abebefe is where you can find me. And we are at halftime over there between North Carolina and Baylor in Fort Worth, Texas, and the North Carolina Tar Heels, Josh. They lead at 42 to 29. And we were looking at some of those second-half numbers here, trying to see if there's valuable bets at BetMGM. Tar Heels laying 5.5 for the full game, total 149.5. So we're right on line with that total here. But we got some second-half openers, and 
Baylor lands six in many places in the second half. Yeah, really interesting start here, Femi. I don't want to jinx you. You're looking pretty good. Looking but good. anytime <laughs> someone tells you you're good, that's when you get worried. So, yes. <laughs> uh, again, that's the, that's the beauty of betting. When you're up and feeling great, you're never safe. When you're down and you feel like you're, you're, you're out of it, you're never dead. So, again, that's what makes betting the best. But uh, interesting things here. You know, the total to me, I was leaning a little bit to the under. Kind of public over, kind of line free, stayed where it's at. We started the show with that. Well, started off kind of high scoring here. They hit a little bit of drought late. So, you're, you're kind of right on the number, but 71 first half points. If you took the under 49, it's going to be an epic sweat. The second half line is 77 and a half. So it's kind of right at, you know, 148 and a half is what the mm-hmm. odds makers uh, were kind of suggesting there. But uh, my question is, do you buy low on Baylor right now? Uh, UNC is looking great, but Baylor is a proud team. They came back, uh, you know, obviously last year won it all. You have a lot of holdovers, a lot of experience. I think you get a great effort out of them in the second half. In the second half line laying six, uh, Pritch, I, or um, the Femi, see, he's my two favorite people. I, I, you know, I, I mix you up all the time. <laughs> I'm, but I'm glad I'm in the top two. <laughs> yeah, top two. Oh, oh, of course. But uh, Femi, I would just say I think this is a time maybe to buy low on Baylor. Again, do mm-hmm. I want to take them on the live money line to win it? I don't know. I think this might uh, might be UNC's day because they're up so big. But I'll grab the, I'll lay the points here. I think they at least, you know, cut into this lead a little bit. I think you had a good second half out of Baylor. Baylor. Yeah, I, I laid the points there during the break there. So I'm on Baylor minus six in the second half. And part of it is because I have that North Carolina money line play. So I want to kind of protect myself a little bit. But even if I didn't have that pre-flop, I think it's a good spot for Baylor lay in that six because North Carolina, they're a volatile team. The first half, we got the good North Carolina. <laughs> There's nothing that says we don't get the bad North Carolina in the second half. Tar Heels have been shooting the ball pretty well, too, looking at the box score. They're 50% from the field, 46% from three-point range. Now, that's kind of – they about shoot about 41 42% as a team, so they're a really good shooting team, and it appears that this is a good shooting day for them as well. But Baylor shot 40% from the field, only 20% from three in that first half. If they can just regress to the mean, they're going to get back into this basketball game because they do have the defensive prowess as well to get stops. I think it's a great point by you, Femi, because again, kind of what you've seen so far, North Carolina kind of overperforming, obviously Baylor underperforming mm-hmm. based on, you know, the metrics they're telling you that maybe you, hey, like Baylor, you know, starts to shoot the ball a little bit. Well, a little bit better in the second half, maybe North Carolina comes back down to earth a little bit. Now, Femi, another thing that I like to look at is you only have a short window here for these half times, but we have access to all these halftime lines and I'm seeing uh, these num- these minus sixes, these minus six for Baylor in the second half. They're up to minus six and a half. Yep. So to your point, uh, Femi, you caused a little bit of steam here on the second half line. <laughs> I don't know. And if this line me. is going toward <laughs> Baylor. So if you got a minus six, you're feeling good. The second half line is now up to six and a half. Yeah, I don't know if I've been flagged yet by the sports books. <laughs> they I won't take your action. You're too yeah, sharp, my man. Exactly. It's tough for me. I got to have 27 outs just to get down 100 bucks. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, Baylor is the play for both of us here in the second half. They trail by 13. Uh, like you mentioned, I don't think they win the game. Knock on wood. I'm hoping North Carolina wins it, but I think they do make it a game and get back into this basketball game. All right, let's touch on the NBA while we have a little bit of time here because we have four games in today's NBA slate here. And Milwaukee, they're taking on Minnesota. This the Timberwolves, and they are laying two and a half over at BetMGM. We see three and a half on our board, so a little discrepancy between BetMGM and what you see here at the South Point. Total, 244 and a half, which is astronomical compared to some of these college basketball games we've been talking to, but uh, what do you think of the side or the total in this game out there in the association? So, Femi, first time, first off, anytime I see a total that high, I think there's a public perception of, hey, 244 and a half, that's ridiculous. That's, a, that's an all-star game number mm-hmm. there, basically. So, you gotta play under just out of principle. You'll see this, you know, thank God baseball's coming 
back. But when there's a total of like <laughs> six and a half, just take the over because it's so low. When there's a you know a course field, you know ten or eleven and a half or twelve, you know just take the under here. So I think just be careful of automatically you know dismissing the over just because it's so high. Uh, believe it or not, you actually had some money to the over. You know, open 243. It's up to 244 and a half. I see it actually going up to 245. Uh, one thing that I've been looking at, Femi, is if you like to sweat these overs, overs in the NBA have done very well uh, over the past, like, month, month and a half. Remember we started with the NBA cracking down on these uh, abnormal basketball movements? Like, yep. my guy Paul Pierce would always up-fake the three-line, just get you mm-hmm. to foul him. He didn't really want to make Chris the three. Paul, Trey Young. Exactly, and that was, like, a, a, a constant thing, and it was kind of really annoying depending on, you know, what side you're on, but they cracked down on that under started the season. Great. I think under is the first month for like 62%, but you've seen a lot of these NBA totals going over. I think there's been that regression and kind of that reset. Maybe these refs are kind of, you know, going back to their old tendencies of calling these fouls. But since February 1st, overs are 55% in the NBA. So automatically I wouldn't dismiss this over. You look at non-conference overs, they're 54% here. Uh, non-conference overs that stay the same or rise 55%. And when the total is uh, 235 or more, the over is actually 53%. It's nothing crazy, but my whole point here is don't just automatically bet the under because it's so high. Minnesota is one of the best teams to the over this year, 42 mm-hmm. and 23. Uh, they get up and down the court. Keep an eye on Anthony Edwards, though. I think he was he's probable. He's a, and again, this is why NBA is so frustrating for me. Yes. <laughs> it's like we were talking during the break. Like, uh, do I want to bet some of these NBA games today? Sure, but like. It's so unpredictable, and you have these late scratches, and you know you, you bet a game, you bet a line early, and then someone's ruled out, and it messes up your flow. So uh, there are a couple that I do like today, but it's like, man, how do I get, give my bankroll to the unpredictable NBA when March Madness is really taking the cake right now? When you know both teams are equally motivated in March Madness because it's a winner go home. I wanted to ask you about maybe if the under could be a side here in this game, just because when you look at the standings for these two teams. The motivation is high. I mean, Milwaukee is two and a half back of the number one seed in the Eastern Conference behind Miami. They're running out of time in terms of catching the heat there to try to get home court advantage. And then you have Minnesota that's trying to climb up to that top six and avoid the play-in in the Western Conference. They're one game back from Denver. Do you think we might get a little bit more focused defensive effort from these two teams and maybe play back against them, that steam that we've seen to the over? I think that's definitely possible. You know, when, another thing when you get to these totals that are so high, I mean, you need 60 points every single quarter. So you could have three quarters that you're getting, you know, you know, 60, 62, 63. But if you get one quarter where they score 45, like yeah. to me, when you bet these high totals, that's kind of what you're concerned about. It's always like that one quarter where they go a little cold that could, you know, kind of hurt you a bit. Um, but I kind of like this late movement a little bit toward, you know, the Timberwolves. Timberwolves, you know, Femi, like they're a team that, you know, since KG left and, you know, really didn't <laughs> haven't, haven't done much, but they're kind of pretty good this year. You know, looking at their record, uh, I think they're what, 10 games above 500. They are, yeah, got it 41 yeah. and 30. They're 40 and 30 ATS. They've been a really fun team to bet on. To me, you're looking at the Bucks right now. They're getting about 65% of bets. They did tip off, or I think at one point they might have touched three or three and a half. I'd actually look toward the Timberwolves getting some points here at home. Yeah, the Timberwolves, like we met 41 and 30, one game out of that number six seed there right behind the Denver Nuggets. And it is a big deal having to be that six seed versus playing in that play-in tournament there where you have, and they would have two chances to win one game to get into the playoffs, but still something that they would like to avoid nonetheless. Let's continue down the NBA card here. Dallas is in Charlotte, the Hornets. It's laying one and a half here, short favorites, total 223 and a half in this game. 
So I actually, and I, I, I told you, Femi, I want to stick to March Madness. This game is making me kind of better uh -oh. right now. I, uh -oh. I like the uh, the Hornets uh -oh. here on the money line. This one kind of jumped out <laughs> to me. We're all talking March Madness. But, uh, again, a bet that wins on an NBA game or NHL or UFC, it pays the same color green that a you know, March does. Madness uh, bet would pay out. So what I like about this one, Femi, one of my favorite systems, dog to fave line move. Mavericks actually open in this game around a one-point favorite, one-and-a-half-point favorite. You've seen this line now flip to Hornets minus one-and-a-half. So uh, I think it's got to be a little bit injury-based here. I think Spencer Dinwiddie's out. Uh, obviously, they've been missing a couple other guys. They're still waiting on, you know, Hardaway. Uh, but it's also a really tough schedule spot because this is a back-to-back -back here for Dallas. Dallas played yesterday uh, Philadelphia. They lose and they didn't cover that number. You have a really rested Hornets team who hasn't played since the 16th. So I like this movement toward the Hornets. Um, again, you're worried Doncic might, might, might have some heroics here and, and sink <laughs> your play. Uh, but I will go Moneyline Hornets, and this goes to our conversation earlier. Minus one and a half, I'm not going to lay the one and a half on the chance that they're going to win by one and I lose my bet. Give me the money line, Hornets. It's a rest tired, tough spot, Mavericks back to back, line going to the Hornets, and a, uh, and a uh, missing Dinwiddie, who, by the way, Femi, when I was uh, flying out here, Dinwiddie hit a three to win yes. at the Brooklyn Nets Well, when I had him on the money line. So I'll, uh, hopefully that's, a, that's an omen on the other way where this line moved to the Hornets. Uh, I'll back them, minus 125. Yeah, Charlotte. that was a little NBA March madness. Oh, yeah. <laughs> out there in Brooklyn. Must have been sweet for Spencer Dinwiddie doing that against the Brooklyn Nets, his former team out there silencing the crowd <laughs> in the boroughs. Uh, let's, before we get, we got a little bit of time left. Lakers taking on the Wizards. The Lakers are catching points against the Washington Wizards here. Two and a half is our line. The total, 227 and a half. So, man, LeBron must be going nuts, Femi. Can you imagine? I mean, what is up with the Lakers? 30 and 40. Russell Westbrook, every time I turn on Twitter, he's fighting with someone in Somebody. the stands or, you know, people outside the arena. So, uh, believe it or not, I actually like the Wizards in this one. I just think how many times can you bang your head against the wall with the Lakers until you realize that – they're old. It's not their year. They actually have been really mm -hmm. good to overs. You think of them as being uh, old and slow, but they actually play terrible defense, which is great for an over here. But the Wizards actually open as a one-point favorite. They're up to minus three. So I don't know if there's an injury here. i got to scour the market. I guess LeBron is questionable. That must be it. He's questionable every game. Yeah, he's always questionable. So <laughs> I, I would go uh, Wizards here on the money line, minus 150. Again, they open minus one. They're up to minus three. And the public still can't quit the Lakers as bad as they are. They're still getting about 55% of bets, yet the line's going to the Wiz. Give me Wiz money line here. I want to ask you about this Lakers team, and it looks like they're going to be in the play-in tournament, barring a even more collapse <laughs> later on in the final few weeks of the season. But I want to ask you about them once we get into that play-in tournament and how we can play or maybe play on them uh, in that play-in tournament. So we'll clean up the NBA on the other side, plus start to take a look at the NFL because the carousel never stops in the National Football League. This is Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Everything you need to bet the madness this year with 24-7 streaming, daily best bet emails, and our tournament betting guide, including advice, data, and strategy for only $19. Whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread, our team is here to get you ready for every game and every round of the tournament. Get analysis from our experts, including Greg Hoops, Peterson, Matt Eumanns, Jonathan Von Tobel, and Tim Murray. They have insights on every key team, conference, and player to watch from the favorites to the potential Cinderella's. Sign up today to get the betting guide plus full access to VEASAN through the end of the tournament April 5th for only $19 at vcin.com slash madness. Welcome back. This is Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Josh, Josh Applebaum here in studio at the South Point Hotel and Casino. And we were talking a little NBA on the other side. And I wanted to ask you about the L.A. Lakers because they're catching two and a half. You like the Wizards tonight laying it against the Lakers at home. Total 227 and a half. But big picture Lakers because right now when you look at the standings, they are ninth in the Western Conference, a game up of the New Orleans Pelicans. Now they have a three and a half game lead of the San Antonio Spurs. So good indication is they will be in the play in tournament are you looking to play against or play on the Lakers once we get to that point so the contrarian in me Femi says I want to buy low on the Lakers because mm-hmm. again anytime a team becomes like uh, the team that the public can't stand or they're really disappointing and they're very underwhelming uh, again look at that Texas game against Vatek they really yeah. struggled down the stretch so I like to buy low on those teams and again you look at kind of just value and you know Warren Buffett always talks about like when you're buying stocks you want to buy the stocks that no one's on and once they become popular they lose a lot of their value so th- really my contrarian side says I want to buy low on the Lakers because people are probably going to be done with them because they've underperformed so much 
But then the eye test tells you, man, how can you believe in this team and what <laughs> they've rough. done? And, you know, LeBron's great. And, you know, he's you know up there for the scoring title. It's really incredible what he's doing at his age. But it's the supporting cast. He's really got no one there uh, in his in his back pocket to help him. Obviously, the Westbrook, Westbrook trade. I don't want to say Westbrook uh, here, Femi. Uh, <laughs> he gets called he, that enough. <laughs> yeah, he's going to bust into the studio. And, uh, gonna yeah, we're going to be in trouble. But uh, <laughs> just all the moves that they've made. Kuzma is, like, outperforming Westbrook just on a one-on-one basis. So uh, Anthony Davis still has a lot of injuries. To me, it's almost like, you know, a couple of years ago when I remember the Baltimore Orioles in baseball, they were terrible, mm-hmm. but every day they were like plus at 175, plus 200. It's like, how do you not take them? But at some point you got to say to yourself, hey, I don't have to bet something just because it's on the board. To me, I would probably not touch the Lakers. I want to buy low on them. But again, how many times can you bang your head against the wall with a team that's really proven to you that it's really not their year? Yeah, the Lakers this year against the spread at 29 and 41. So that is uh, not ideal if you've been back. For those at home, 41% is not profitable. No, it is not <laughs> at all. And again, it goes to kind of the public perception of Lakers. And, you know, by the way, Femi, you got to go on, uh, check the new HBO show. Uh, it's winning time. It yes. is awesome. Because J- John C. Riley is, is, is uh, uh, Dr. Jerry Buss. Buss. Yes. Yeah, he's fantastic. <laughs> but that kind of mindset of like the Lakers, the cool colors, mm-hmm. all the championships, glitz and glamour. The, and LeBron, and you got to bet yeah. on him. But again, 20, what'd you say, 29 and 41? 29 and 41 ATS. I bet you they were probably getting more than. 50% of bets almost every single game there. And what, yeah. what does that tell you? That they're overvalued. The public still sees the logo, but the logo doesn't really match what you're seeing on the court. Especially here in Las Vegas, where the Lakers are Las Vegas's team, because they don't have an NBA team here. So, it's one thing that you always have the Lakers lines almost a little inflated because of those hometown people. I mean, driving around, you see Laker bumper stickers, <laughs> Laker license plate frames, and all that stuff. But uh, it's been a rough year after winning the title a couple years ago. Final game on the NBA card, the Pistons and the Cavaliers. Cavs laying five and a half at home total 216 and a half yes yeah, something must be going on with this one Femi because there's a huge dip here toward the Detroit Pistons so maybe Patrick Maher before he left the studio uh, <laughs> put one of his big bets down on his hometown team there. I saw him with a bag uh, so yes must have been and again he, he's a, you know he he'll, he'll get him back there and he'll put out put down a big number but uh, I saw openers like 10 and a half so like 10 and a half, nine and a half, this thing was really high to start. It's down to five and a half. I know Cade Cunningham is questionable, uh, but there's got to be some injuries here for uh, the, the Cavs. That's something's going on mm-hmm. with this one. Anytime I see the Cavs though, Femi, I look toward the under, you know, they've been one of the best under teams this year. They were one of the earliest teams to cash their win total to the over. They've been great. I mean, they're 40 and 30. They're 40, you know, the talk about the anti Lakers, the Cavs yeah. are 40 and 27 against the spread. Why? Cause there's kind of an anti Cavs bias. Maybe they're, you know, pr- pretty much in a good spot. Every time they take the court, people, People just still don't believe in them. But kind of thinking about the total, they've been an under team for me all year. They're 39 and 24 to the under. At home, they're 22 and 11 to the under. And again, you got to play this game in the NBA. Like, will Kate Cunningham play or not? He's questionable. Looks like he's probably going to play based on the line going in his favor. But I'd maybe look toward the under here if you can find a 216 and a half. Yeah, this is a battle of the two rookie of the year kind of contenders there. Evan Mobley is likely to win the award. I believe he's odds on favorite, like prohibitive favorite <laughs> to win this rookie of the year award. But Kate Cunningham has made a nice little push as of late post all-star break and he's really living up to that number one overall pick uh, stature that he has out there after being drafted last year. One guy who did not live up to the number one overall pick though in the NFL is Baker Mayfield (laughs) with the Cleveland Browns because the Cleveland Browns went out and traded for Deshaun Watson thus Baker Mayfield on the roster right now but we will see in a couple weeks from now because Baker Mayfield has requested a trade. At first his request was denied but now the Browns have Watson so they are looking to shop him. Where do you think just kind of Baker ends up and what do you think would be the best spot for Mayfield in 2022? 
Yeah, so I think number one, you know, obviously it was a big surprise with Deshaun Watson going to the Browns, but you mm-hmm. can, if you're a better, you got to stay glued to Twitter because I found it kind of interesting or weird or just kind of sketchy that Baker put out that, you know, goodbye letter cryptic on message. Twitter. <laughs> yeah, cryptic message right before, obviously, this big trade goes down. So maybe he knew something, maybe, you know, players talk, you know, all these kind of things. Agents here. talk. Yep. Agents talk. Maybe he knew something was coming down the pike there, which is why he put that letter out. Um, but obviously, you know, if you're the Browns, what an upgrade it is going from Baker Mayfield to Watson. Now, Mayfield, you know, had a, I forget what it was this, maybe second year or third year, had a really good year. And then he mm-hmm. just kind of came back down to earth a little bit. So this question is about his size. You know, obviously, uh, you know, he's kind of in that, that smaller-ish model as a quarterback. You like your QBs a little bit taller. But where does he go? Uh, I'm looking around here, Femi. I don't know. I think you're looking maybe a bottom feeder type team. Like, who needs a quarterback right now? Um, you know, Washington, could they make a move? I don't know. Yeah. They. Uh, I, I, mean, I mean, they, they already got Carson Wentz. Yeah, well, yeah, actually, that's true. So probably not with Wentz. I mean, I don't know. I'll defer but, to you. I'm looking at the – who could he go to? The, the options are slim, which is why Cleveland asking for the price that they're asking for I think is a little outrageous because the teams that are going to want him, it's like, okay, well, you can either keep him on your roster, which is never going to happen because that's going to be a disaster. So just cut him, and then we'll sign him for cheap and not have to give up an asset. But I'm looking at – I'm like, the Seahawks have been kicked around as a potential team. Right now, Drew Locke is their QB1, quote-unquote, but we'll see if they start the season with that there. Outside of Seattle, maybe Indianapolis, and that's where Baker Mayfield wants to go, but would Indianapolis give up what the Cleveland's asking for, which is those two or third round picks there, which I, to me, that seems like a steep price. I'm curious to get your thoughts on the price to get a guy like Baker Mayfield, who's clearly undesirable to his current team. So to your point, maybe a Carson Wentz type deal. Like you're not getting a number one pick for Baker Mayfield. I, I wouldn't do that. I mean, can you get a two, a conditional two, a three that turns into a two if he plays 75% of the snaps, something like that. Uh, and again, looking at teams that we could go to, how about the the NFC South? You know, Tom Brady in a great position here with all these mm-hmm. other teams with really no quarterbacks. Uh, but what about maybe the Saints? You know, if, it, if it's not a Jameis Winston, uh, you know, re, uh, kind of reunion here, could he go to the Saints? The Carolina Panthers are kind of interesting. They were in on Watson. Uh, would that be an upgrade? Uh, the other thing is, like, don't look at Mayfield like being the savior or being a great quarterback. Is he just a slight improvement over what you already have? I think yeah. that's what a lot of these teams have to ask themselves. So, you know, if he goes to the Panthers, is he better than Darnold? I would say he probably yeah, is. He is. You know, Darnold it never really has impressed me too much. You know, I'm a Patriots fan. I've seen ghosts and I've seen a lot of him, and I don't need to see much more of him. I saw Cam Newton as well, so I don't want to see mm-hmm. much more of Cam Newton either. But uh, maybe that could work. Uh, again, he was, you know, star Heisman winner in college. Mm-hmm. Rule was, a, you know, a re- kind of a recent college coach. I'm thinking maybe Carolina could be a landing spot. Yeah, Baker Mayfield, we had his stats up there earlier at 17 touchdowns, 13 interceptions in 2021. Now the caveat is that he was dealing with that shoulder injury, which I still think that they should have sat him down. He should have gotten the surgery. And I know he wanted to prove that he's a tough guy or whatever, but that clearly derailed his value for one and derailed their season probably because I think a healthy Case Keenum was better than a hurt Baker Mayfield in 2021. So they maybe could have salvaged something and maybe made a run at that division there. But clearly the Baker stock is as low as it's ever been. And maybe one of these teams buys low on him. Like, let's say he goes to the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, he's kind of a little bit better than Wentz. I mean, you know, it's yeah. like like the Colts then become a viable option to win that AFC South if they do get a healthy Baker Mayfield. Yeah, and I think the Colts, you know, that's interesting because Frank Reich obviously, you know, is kind of the QB whisperer. He's done a mm-hmm. great job with different quarterbacks. And, you know, Carson Wentz obviously was, you know, terrible down the stretch. But at one point, I think he had like 17 touchdowns and one interception. Like the numbers are actually yeah. pretty decent. Uh, and I think if you're taking Mayfield, one, you are buying low. So I kind of like that. You're not, you know, Cleveland can't ask the world. They know that uh, anyone who's negotiating with them 
them, hey, you have Deshaun Watson. We're not going to overpay for Baker mm-hmm. Mayfield. They're going to try to ask for the world, but they're not going to get it. Exactly. <laughs> you, you can try whatever you want, but I, I would be very surprised if they got anything yeah. you know, better than maybe a second or a third or something like that. But to your point with the Colts, I think if you're going to take Baker Mayfield on, you need to play great defense. You got to have you know, some good sp- uh, skill position players. Uh, not asking him to do too much, and which maybe kind of fits does fit the bill with the Colts there. Yeah, no, the Colts, I think, would be the most logical destination in terms of a team that has a ready-made roster because we've only seen Baker Mayfield, the chunk of his career at least, surrounded by good players, a good situation out there in Cleveland. It's one of the reasons why, aside from the money, that Deshaun Watson was attracted to Cleveland as well. Good offensive line, good running game, a pretty smart head coach in terms of offensive play calling in Kevin Stefanski. So I think maybe... Indianapolis in a division that's not that great. The Titans, they were the one seed last year, but they've already lost. They cut Julio Jones. It's, they haven't really made too many improvements this year in 2022. Then you have Jacksonville, who's trying to get out of the gutter, and Houston, who's, I mean, they're barely an NFL team as of right now in 2022. But they got those three first-round picks, so there's always tomorrow for our Texan <laughs> fans out there. On the other side, mention how Deshaun Watson is in Cleveland, but there could be a big winner in the NFC due to that development. We'll discuss that here. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, can they go back to the Super Bowl? It's Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. The KFC chicken sandwich is served hot and straight from the fryer, kind of like this show. That's why it's finger licking good. Order the KFC chicken sandwich today. Welcome back. This is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Josh Applebaum, hanging out here at the South Point Hotel and Casino, talking a little NFL while we have a little time to do it, because the carousel, it never stops, Josh. The NFL is a 24-7, 365 type of NFL uh, league, I should say it is. But the question I wanted to talk to you about here is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, because the Bucks just got Tom Brady back last Sunday, Selection Sunday. You mentioned how you were on the show for yeah. DraftKings, and then all of a sudden, hey, Brady's unretiring. <laughs> yeah, great timing. Yeah. Excellent timing <laughs> indeed from the GOAT himself there. But all week long, we saw these NFC South teams being linked to Deshaun Watson. And now Friday afternoon, Watson going to the Cleveland Browns. So with that being said, it looks like a clear path for Tampa Bay to win the division, maybe win the conference, maybe go back to the Super Bowl. Do you think that the Bucks have enough to get Tom Brady back to the Super Bowl? So I do. And, you know, number one, Femi, either Brady knew something was going on, like this is going to be a cakewalk division with all these great quarterbacks leaving. The, or, new, the new AFC East. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or maybe he just said, hey, peanut butter and jelly's making them, sending the kids, driving them to school back, and it's just getting old. Like, I got to get back on the football field. So uh, to me, I actually really love, we talked about it earlier, uh, the divisional odds here. So I'll start with the division. You know, they're minus 250 right now uh, to win that NFC South. Again, what do you expect out of these other teams? You know, the Falcons, they were actually trying to shop Matt Ryan maybe in a John Watson deal. They're kind of a ways away. Obviously, Carolina, they're missing a quarterback. What are you going to get with the Saints now as you're, you're probably going to go back to Jameis and also, you know, you're kind of up against it with a cap. You're now losing mm-hmm. uh, Sean Payton, your coach, who was kind of your guiding light there with Drew Brees for so many years. So minus 250 to win the division. Femi, I'll lay that right now. I think that thing will only grow again playing with Tom Brady going up against these three teams twice a year. Uh, could he go, you know, you know, six and zero in these spots? I think that's definitely workable. We also look at, you know, their roster. Like they've made some really interesting moves. So with Brady coming back, and I, I get that he wanted to do it right before free agency to maybe kind of uh, get these other guys saying, hey, like you know, come and join me here. Uh, but a couple of really good moves. Logan Ryan just signed here with uh, with the Tampa Bay Bucks. So a good kind of veteran defensive player yeah. safety here who's on the Patriots. Uh, I don't know why. 
Belichick wants to help Tom Brady, but he sent Shaq Mason, uh, one of the best starting guards in the NFL, to protect Brady. Maybe uh, an early retirement gift. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Even though I don't know, I think there, there are rumors in Boston that Brady's actually more mad at Robert Kraft than he is Belichick, but you know, that's a whole other story, Femi. But uh, Russell Gage, too, another wide receiver that they picked up. Remember, Brady had all his weapons, you know, getting hurt late, uh, even almost still pulled off that comeback against the Rams. Mm -hmm. I think Gage could be a big pickup. I think it's you're bringing pretty much all your guys back. You're still getting Sue, Vea, uh, you know, obviously JPP. You still have David and your great linebackers and Devin White. You have a down division. Brady's coming back because I think he can, you know, smell maybe trophy number eight. I like this spot here, minus 250 to win the division. Uh, they're plus 350 to win the NFC, the favorites here, and they're plus 800 to win the Super Bowl. So what's your take, Femi? You know, I, like I'm a Boston guy. I'm a little yes. biased when it comes to Brady, uh, <laughs> but let, let's get let's get your perspective. Well, you know, I think the big signing, I think that was kind of, I don't know if it's under the radar, but the Russell Gage signing I thought was a terrific one just because of the status of Chris Godwin. He tears his ACL late in the season. Who knows if he'll be able to go. He might start the year on pup, but it gives him a little bit of time to actually rehab so it's not rushed. And the fact that they were able to re-sign Chris Godwin, I thought was a pretty big deal for them. A lot of people kind of chalked him up. Okay, he played one year on the franchise tag. Maybe they'll let him go and he'll cash in big somewhere else. But he inks a three-year deal here for the Buccaneers to where late in the season, if they are healthy and they have the full complement of weapons, they have the really a good potential to be kind of back to that 2020 team that we saw rip through the NFC playoffs with all those road wins in the postseason and go to the Super Bowl here because this division – it sets up so well for them and because it sets up so well I mean selection Sunday I've tried to fire in the apps real quick here <laughs> take the bucks as many prices I could get I got 25 to 1 to win the Super Bowl right before that news came out there just because I was like they have the clear path. If Brady comes back, they will be the prohibitive favorites. I bet MGM minus 275. So I'm not saying that you can chalk them in for winning that division because injuries happen in the NFL. But if they're able to stay healthy, I don't see how they don't win that division, which is the first step you want to look at when picking out a team in the futures market to win the NFC or to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, and I think to your point, Femi, like, you know, I don't know how, how much I love their Super Bowl odds because I think mm -hmm. I much like, uh, like their path much more for their division and for their conference. Now, when you go against some of these AFC teams. It could like, be a dog. Yeah, they're probably going to be getting <laughs> points against, who's it, yeah. Buffalo. I know James Bond, our producer, will be happy about that. Still the Chiefs, the Browns, you know, have loaded up. The Broncos, even a team like, you know, Chargers, the Bengals. I mean, the AFC is really, to me, uh, mm -hmm. we talk about like in college basketball, what's the best conference? The AFC has a big leg up here on the NFC. So, again, I would target them in the NFC. And Femi, who are their biggest competitors? Right now, the Bucks are plus 350 to win the NFC yep. as the favorite. Packers, plus 400. But Rodgers just lost Adams. Rodgers tends to choke there at the end, so I don't have yeah. a ton of faith in him there. The Rams, can they repeat? They're bringing back a bunch of their guys, but it's really tough to repeat in the NFL. Uh, the 49ers will probably be a, you know, a good uh, competitive team here. But it's a first trade Lance. Yeah, exactly. It'll be Lance. What's up with Jimmy G? The Cowboys, you know, they'll be pr I like Take them. it easy on them. That's my team. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'll leave it at that, <laughs> Femi. But uh, I, I like, give me the division. Give me the, the, uh, the NFC. Yeah. But I don't know how much I love the Super Bowl odds. Yeah, the Super Bowl odds, it can be tricky there just based on who gets there now if Cincinnati wants to come back to the party I'll take it you know but uh, there's a good chance they could be underdogs now we have a whole season to play out we'll see what happens and how teams get rated all throughout the season those <laughs> things can change but right now good indication they will be underdogs if one of these contenders comes out of the AFC and meets them in the Super Bowl uh, big moves all throughout the NFL that we saw this week with free agency coming underway this is kind of the first wave at the end of it right now as we sit here on Saturday but I wanted to ask you about some of these pass rushers because we saw pass rushers change 
teams. And the biggest one was probably Von Miller going from the Super Bowl champion LA Rams to the Buffalo Bills. Von Miller inked that big deal six years, $120 million. Now it's an NFL contract, so there's a little bit of funny money involved in there, but it still gets a quite a bit of guarantee right now, $45 million worth of guarantees. Chandler Jones, he signs a deal with the Las Vegas Raiders here in town. It's a three-year deal, $51 million, but the caveat of an NFL contract. Which signing do you think was better for the team, and which one do you think improves their team the most? So I think the Von Miller uh, signing is obviously great for Buffalo because they lacked a lot of pass rushers. Like, if you look in their draft the last couple of years, they've devoted a bunch of their first, second-round picks uh, to edge rushers here, and they really haven't gotten, you know, kind of the, the guy to get home here that they need to force that turnover and help take a little bit of pressure off of Josh Allen. To beat Patrick Mahomes. Exactly. So, again, <laughs> these moves, exactly, Femi. Like, they're made, you know, specifically to beat these great quarterbacks in the yeah. AFC. But I was shocked by the money and the length of the contract. Now, I know in the NFL, as you said, Femi, it's funny money. You never actually uh, you know, get what the contract says, but he's 33. I know he had a great year and won the Super Bowl, but giving him a ton of money in six years, you probably don't fight, you know, get to the six years of that contract. Uh, so I like it. It's an upgrade. Uh, I'll go Chandler Jones, though. I think Chandler Jones, to me, is the better signing because it costs a little bit less. He's younger, and here's the thing. You could have Max Crosby on one side, yes. Chandler Jones on the other. Like, Von Miller's great, but who's he, you know, who's going to help him on the other side is it you know Hughes who's getting older is it one of these younger players that they drafted I think Chandler Jones becomes an even better player because you have to worry about Crosby on the other end I think the two of them are going to be really dynamic there's got to be a prop bet over under on you know combined sacks for those two and I'd probably take the over no I think that's a really good point there because Von Miller last year got to play on the same defensive front as Aaron Donald, and look how he looked great. Yeah. And he looked great because all the attention wasn't on him. Maybe in Buffalo, the attention goes back to him, kind of how it was when he was in Denver versus Chandler Jones. That Chandler Jones and Max Crosby combination is really good there, and they're going to need it because the quarterbacks in the AFC West with Mahomes, Allen, now Russell Wilson – the only way to beat those guys is to sack them. And the Raiders, they have the fourth best quarterback. Derek Carr's a really good quarterback. He's he's a good quarterback, but he's the fourth best in that division. They're going to need to get home and sack those quarterbacks, and that's their only path to victory, I see, at least. No, I'm with you, uh, Femi. And again, you're looking at these uh, futures right now for that AFC West. The Chiefs are still your favorite, plus 150. you got to respect Patrick Mahomes. Kind of a sneaky good move getting Juju Smith-Schuster. I thought mm-hmm. that was kind of another weapon offensively that you know maybe take a little pressure off Tyreek Hill and Kelsey. But then Denver, plus two 50, obviously, with a good roster, and they just needed a QB. Uh, luckily, you don't have to worry about, you know, uh, I, I don't know, like uh, Paxton Lynch or, you know, some of these other quarterbacks. <laughs> Trevor Simeon. Yeah, Simeon. There's a long list of them, but <laughs> you finally got your guy in Wilson. Uh, Chargers, plus 275. They've made a lot of moves. Khalil Mack. They signed my guy, J.C. Jackson, as a Patriots fan. Uh, and then you look at the Raiders, plus 700. They were plus 900, I believe, before that Devontae Adams trade. Now they're plus 700. To me, I don't know if I think the Raiders will win that division, mm-hmm. but as betters, Femi, we're just looking for value. I think there's a lot of value in plus 700 Raiders there. Well, that's the one I want to ask you is like how we want to bet this division just because it's so difficult. These teams are going to have to play each other twice a year. There could be good buy low spots all throughout the season. So maybe grabbing, starting it out, grabbing the Raiders at that long number there. Maybe one of these teams, the Broncos start 0-2. They go to maybe plus 375 or something like that. Maybe grabbing Denver at that number just because there's going to be times where they're going to have to lose games. It's not all going to the moon here. <laughs> and that's a great point because I'm thinking about the win totals. Like, we haven't gotten a lot of these win totals yet, but uh, do they split a lot of these matchups? You know, you play a team twice in a year. 
uh, I don't know how if any of these teams will sweep the other teams. Like, are, mm-hmm. is Denver going to go two and zero against everybody? You know, is uh, are the Raiders going to go two and zero? I think you're going to split a lot of them. There probably be a lot of one and ones in your division play. And with that being said, you know, I'd look to maybe some under win totals in this division just because it, they're so good. They'll kind of give uh, losses to each other. Maybe go kind of buy low and go contrarian with some unders. When is the last time the Kansas City Chiefs were plus money to win their division before the start of the season? That is just it. Just goes to show you how difficult this AFC West is going to be. What used to be the NFC West, now it's the AFC West with the Chiefs, Broncos, Chargers, and the Raiders. On the other side, we're going to check back in in Fort Worth with this North Carolina Baylor game. The Tar Heels have opened up a big, big lead. We'll discuss it here. It's Betting Across America. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters— I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
BetMGM, the king of sports books, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas? Well, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager on the BetMGM app. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back. This is Betting Across America, presented by none other than BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Josh Applebaum. And Josh, <laughs> the North Carolina UNC. Tar Heels have really opened up a big lead against Baylor. Right now, the Tar Heels lead at 61-38 to 38 with 12.15 to go. 18.5 is the number on the live line, 147.5 the total. Yeah, this is unbelievable. So right off the bat, great call by you. I don't want to jinx it, but you're feeling better and better as the <laughs> clock goes down here with your 5.5. But what about that second half bet? Yeah, the second half bet, not as great. And again, uh, this is kind of shocking to me. A team like Baylor, you know, again, sometimes you, it's, I don't know if you question their effort. It's just, hey, maybe it's UNC's day. They're hitting every shot. Uh, And again, you kind of hang your head on Baylor's defense. They're already giving up 61. You know, you're not even like halfway through the second, uh, second half here. So uh, I think there's a teachable moment of like, don't get too greedy as a better. Like, mm-hmm. again, I think a lot of betters, we all want to catch every bet we make. And we, when, we, when we win, we want to win more. But, like, for example, like, if, if you hit that plus five and a half like you did earlier, then I think a lot of people are like, oh, do I middle it? Do I second half Baylor? I'm always of the opinion of, like, you know, if you're looking good, just stick with what you got. Like, it's, yeah. and there's what's wrong with cashing one ticket instead of getting greedy and trying to cash multiple ones. So that's just my teachable moment here that, hey, like, if you're pre-flop, you got a good number. Again, the juice was five and a half, you know, trending down, down to five a little bit. Don't overload yourself. Don't over, don't overextend yourself. Uh, if you're looking good, stick with it. And any UNC plus five and a half backers are feeling great right now. Yeah, no, I was unfortunately all gas, no breaks here with the second <laughs> half. And, and uh, took Baylor minus six in the second half, and they are trailing by 10 in the second half. But 12 minutes ago, maybe they can make this a close game, but right now it's trending like it is not. They just and can't Femi, shoot the ball. Real quick, one thing too, this is going to come right down to the wire with the total. Remember it was 149. Yeah. The live line right now is 146 and a half. Again, do you get to a foul shooting? You know, do you get a lot of Three's here late. Does does Baylor claw back? The sweat right now. I don't know. I don't think it's a spread anymore. It's the total. It's the total. And, yeah. and, and if it continues to be a blowout, maybe it turns to open gym. Or yeah. a guy like there's not a whole lot of defensive intensity. Guys are just chucking up shots. And it's unfortunately when you have the under, that can be a very, very tricky predicament to be in. Right now, Baylor four of twenty from three point range, which is probably the story for why they have thirty eight points. But <laughs> let's continue with the games that we haven't touched on so far today. And this is one that nobody expected. Uh, Saint Peter's. <laughs> After defeating Kentucky, the number two seed, fourth biggest upset since the tournament expanded to 64 teams in 1985, they win as 18.5-point underdogs. They are now 8.5-point underdogs against Murray State in this round of 32 game, total 129.5. What do you make of this one? Are you going back to the well (laughs) with the Peacocks? So I'm actually not going back to all the Peacocks, (laughs) but give them credit, plus 18.5, unbelievable. I think they're like plus Mm. 1,200 on the money line. I don't know if anyone put a dollar on that, but hey, congrats if you did yeah that's unbelievable here but um, my angle here is actually laying the points with Murray State so I think when you get to and we mentioned this kind of earlier in the show but when you become like a Cinderella early that has a huge upset the public is 
like, wow, Little St. Peter's? Like, I totally dismissed them early, but they're coming off a big win against Kentucky, and now that you're getting 8.5 against Murray State, like, just ride them. You know, again, they're off a great win here. But I threw this uh, stat to you earlier, Femi. When you're a uh, 13 seed or higher, so right now St. Peter's is your 15, Mm -hmm. in the round of two uh, since 2005, this is from our buddy John Ewing at BetMGM, you're only 8-27 against the spread. You're only covering 27% of the time. So flip it the other way. Like, if you bet against these kind of trendy upset uh, winners here from round one going into round two, uh, you're cashing, what, almost 75% of the time, three out of four bets. So I like this angle. I'm actually going to lay the points with Murray State. This would be a line move system as well. Murray State opened minus 7.5, minus 8. Now they're up to 8.5. The line is going in their favor. And this is a perfect example of a bet versus dollar discrepancy play. I had someone, you know, reach out to me on Twitter. Like, what do you mean by that? This is what I mean. If you look at bets and dollars, the, the bets are going to give you the raw ticket count, just the raw amount of total wagers. The handle or the handle count is the money count, basically the actual money on the yeah. game. So when you compare the two and everything, it's not going to work out every single time. But I look for low bets, higher dollars, and a line moving toward that team. So this would be a perfect example. You look at this breakdown. Murray State's only getting 44% of bets. The public's on St. Peter's, yet Murray State's getting 54% of money, and they moved, again, minus 7.5, minus 8, up to 8.5. So I'll lay the points here uh, with Murray State. And Femi, you know, think of it this way. Like, your St. Peter's team, like, oh, we're going to go to the tournament. That's awesome. Kentucky's probably going to kill us. You beat Kentucky. Are you satisfied with that or are you hungry to continue? I don't know. I feel like you kind of you kind of won the lottery in that first round. Yep. I don't expect it to continue today. Oh, it's always that situation where they become the toast of the town. They're the biggest story so far in the tournament. Biggest upset we've seen. They're getting the calls, the texts, all the friends. I mean, they're getting media requests <laughs> about, oh, like, what, what was it like to beat Kentucky? It almost becomes a distraction. They can talk about how it's not a big distraction, but it becomes a distraction. And right now, I think you're seeing a situation where the public and recreational betters are probably saying, who the hell is Murray State to be laying eight and a half in a tournament game? Well, they're clearly better than this team that was a 15 seed. So maybe that's the side to look at here with the eight and a half with the Murray State Racers, who I think they were probably going to give Kentucky a really good game if Kentucky was able to advance as well. Now this is a really premier spot for them to get to the Sweet 16 (laughs) and in a region that has become wide open open out there in Indianapolis. Uh, Let's take a look at the other game that we haven't touched on yet here between New Mexico State and Arkansas. New Mexico State knocking off UConn as a six and a half point dog. Now they're six and a half point dogs against the Arkansas Razorbacks. Total 138 and a half. Yeah, so this is a bet versus dollar discrepancy that's really non-existent. It's basically right down the middle. I'm seeing pretty much at BetMGM 50% of bets down the middle, 50% of money down the middle. So I think the odds makers probably set a perfect number for this one. I'll lean a little bit toward New Mexico State just because, you know, I did see Circa opened at seven and they're down to six and a half. So you've seen this thing uh, move a little bit down toward or at least juice wise uh, at some shops toward New Mexico State. Another Ken Palm edge here. Ken Palm actually has um, Arkansas winning by five points. So if you're getting a six and a half, it's 50-50, yet a little bit of you know flirting with going back toward the New Mexico State side. Mm-hmm. I'll grab the points here. Uh, again, my other thing, though, is it's a late game. You know, you're going to have to kind of wait this one out. I like to, if you don't have a, like a perfect position or a position you feel very strongly on, uh, then to your benefit is just, hey, let's, let's see how the market moves later in the day. I'm looking at New Mexico State plus six and a half right now, but Femi, I want to see this thing creep down to six before we get closer to game time, and then I want to jump on this uh, kind of a slow-moving book that hasn't adjusted. Yeah, I took the under 139 
in this game, just because I think that this is going to be a slower-tempoed game. Arkansas likes to speed it up, but New Mexico State plays slow, and it's easier to slow teams down than to speed them up in this spot. And also, New Mexico State is not a good three-point shooting team. They made 64% of their threes against UConn. That was like an out-of-body experience. That has to come back down to earth. I think this ends up being a defensive showdown, and Arkansas prevails. I think you're spot on, Femi. I'm actually looking at the numbers, and uh, you are totally right on this one. I actually may have to tail you on this under. Uh, it opened 139.5. It's down to 138 and 58% of bets are on the under. So it's slightly, slightly public, mm-hmm. not perfect, but 76% of money is on yeah. the under. That's a huge bet first dollar discrepancy play. Again, when you're looking at these percentages, uh, again, you don't have to play every single one, but the ones that jump out to you, like low bets, higher dollars line move. That's what you're seeing with this under. I'm with you, Femi. You also have, you know, obviously not a great three point shooting team. Yeah. I'll, I'll lean under with you in this one. Yeah. Arkansas, Running up and down the floor concerns me a little <laughs> just because and also too like a full game unders in these tournament situations can be infuriating because we've talked about it earlier on in the show. These teams, they're playing for their seasons. They're going to foul down 10 with five seconds left. You know, sometimes <laughs> that happens here with these teams doing this and that can cost you an under with the parade to the free throw line. Yeah. And to your point, you're like uh, late night, you know, when my night was over, I hung out at the South point and there was one game left. It was Colgate in Wisconsin. Yes. And the South point <laughs> was going absolutely crazy because Half the crowd was on Wisconsin uh, laying the points. Half the crowd was on uh, Colgate getting the points. And what happened there late? Uh, Colgate elected not to foul. Like they could have fouled there at the end, you know, send and a game landed on seven. It was a seven and a half point spread. But everyone who was on Wisconsin is saying, please, dear God, foul so we can maybe get a free throw or two, cover the number versus Colgate, who uh, again, and people will be like, oh, they knew the spread. They decided on like, no, that's not true yeah. at all. Uh, but it just goes to show you that fouling can make or break your bet late. Yeah, it really can. And that's like one of the reasons why I, I, I took the full game under this one. I'm on the first half under in Michigan and Tennessee. Also on Michigan plus seven there. Had to grab that as well while we're talking that one out. But we also have a little bit of line movement in the game that's going to be going on in Fort Worth, Texas as well coming up after Baylor and UNC because might need to act now because Kansas is up to 13 in some spots here. So Maybe we get even more, but 13 right now is looking pretty juicy with Creighton taking on Kansas. Creighton down their big guy. He's out after tearing up his knee in the game against San Diego State earlier this week. But that's an interesting game here with 13 being the number. Quick thoughts on that one. We'll talk about it more at length to start hour three. Quick thought is I'm worried about the injury again because yeah. you feel like, oh, we're getting a great number. This is awesome. It's inflated. But why? Because, you know, a player is going to be out for the you. So, out. Yeah. Uh, on the one hand, though, we were right. Wait it out. You're good. You'll get a better number. That's what's happening right now. Yeah, it is going to be a fascinating game there. Kansas is really good defensively. I like Kansas. I hope they win the game. I got a future on them to win the national title at 16 to 1. But this is a very big number to pay. And if you like Kansas and you bet on them, you're definitely betting at them at the top of the market. On the other side, our number three, betting across America, presented by BetMGM. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is 
finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.